Good to see everybody this morning. So glad you're here. Here with expectation. Glory to God. Glory to God. Okay. If you quiet down on me, I'll speak perpendicularly. <laughs> we are in for a special blessing today. I don't know if he's going to, you know, fix us up to have to need toes being healed at the end of the service. But if it happens that way, he will pray for us to heal our toes. Amen. Amen. You know, some people go back a few years, and I remember Chris so well that um, when he was on staff at Harvest, when I was, and uh, we kind of went through a few little things together that were fun. The gymnasium building, there's Mr. Gymnasium, Mr. Swimming Pool, Mr. Other Things. Praise God. Don't believe anything he tells you about those days, though, okay? I'm, I want to take authority right now. It, it, you know, it's grown through the years to his imagination, so uh, we'll, we'll leave that alone. But he left here in about 2000, 2000? 2001. Okay. And went to Paducah, Kentucky to take over a church and to be able to bring new vision, new freshness, a new injection of the Spirit and the Word. They were in a little old building. I remember I preached there one time in a youth meeting before you got there. The ceiling was about like this, and uh, he would probably touch it. He's quite a bit taller than I am. And so anyway, um, he, he went there, and he said, you know, I've I got to get a new place. got to do this. And started praying, and sure enough, um, somebody came in and made an offer on the property. So you've heard of a man without a country? They were a church without a building because they took advantage of the opportunity set before them. And by faith, you know, chapter 11, Hebrews, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. They met with another church for several years, about three was it that far long? Golly, praise God. Uh, and and here's, here's part of the miraculous part of that. The church didn't wither, meeting on Tuesday nights and Saturday mornings for seven years, but got stronger. That's pretty miraculous. The church growth people would put that in their book if they knew about it and say, this is the way you're supposed to do it, by faith. And then they built a building, and then they've been working on that. He's just, did a, I think, an eternal building project. Um, you can't take over all of Paducah. You've got to have room for some people, okay? Okay. They've got a beautiful building. I was up there. In fact, I went up there to preach one time, and they actually, you've heard of rolling out the carpet? They rolled out the asphalt for me. Yeah, they paved the parking lot that, that week before I got there. So that was really a, a welcome greeting. I really appreciate it. wasn't red carpet, but black asphalt to work. I'm a practical guy, so anyway. So anyway, I uh, want to make sure that everybody has an opportunity to hear from this ministry because it's incredible. 
Dr. Chris Cody from Paducah, Kentucky. Would you stand on your feet and give him an Oklahoma howdy? Howdy, howdy. Hallelujah. Praise God. Could I have that? Would it? Could I have that down there? You can do whatever you want. I could tear it up. Praise God. And we'll turn it over to you, sir. Thank you so much. Praise God. You are going to receive an offering for your church here at some point, right? Don't cheat me. (laughs) Praise God. Hi, everybody. Perfect. You're the upside down church. Yep. Uh, I don't know how you ever arrive here because it's the church of tomorrow. It's never the church of today. So uh, we, we all really have, have faith. Now, would you hold that? You can't have that, but you can hold it. Hey, what an honor it is to be, to be here with you all today. And thank you so much for coming. And uh, often I make a deal, and uh, I'll make you that same deal. You like deals? Yeah. Let's make a deal. You ever seen that show? It helps me when I get good response. It's not the first church of the frozen, right? All right. So what direction do we run in this building? Wow, that's, that's, if it's, in my church we run to my right. So anyway, you could, you find a good place to say amen, uh, shout me down, say hallelujah, wave a hanky, reel it in, something, it helps me. And the deal is, if you don't do that, I'm going to go preach the baguettes for an hour. You know what the baguettes are, right? So-and-so, baguette, so-and-so, and and then so-and-so, and and baguette, so-and-so. Okay, praise God. Thank you, Miss Carol. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, utterance is greatly, people don't realize this, utterance is greatly affected by the hearer. Did you know that? What is done in the next few moments? What is said, amen, what is accomplished, what's done, it's not just up to God, and it's not just up to me. I got one amen. See, y'all got a better practice. I know where the baguettes are in the Bible. Come on, preacher, brother. All right. You'd think I'd get an amen from my dad over here, you know. Praise God. Okay. You're like me, a slow starter but a strong finisher. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, uh, but, you know, I've been praying for days. Amen. I've been preparing for days. Amen. And, uh, but you, and I trust that you're going to bring your supply. Yes, sir. You know, arriving with your body in the sanctuary is, is an accomplishment. A lot of people don't even get that right. Amen. 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 But once you've gotten to the right place, you still have to do the right thing. And that is draw. Make a demand. Amen. Don't spend 30 minutes of a 40-minute message deciding whether you like my tie or not. Or my hairstyle. Do you all love Pastor Dan? I know you do. You all trust Pastor Dan. Well, he brought me in. So let's just decide right now. Carol, you like me and I like you. Amen. Praise God. You like my tie? It's brand new. Praise God. I'm breaking it in on you. Hallelujah. Open your Bibles this morning, if you would, please, to Romans chapter 1. And don't be intimidated by all this stuff I have up here. Hallelujah. But I'm up here by faith. I've got some notes, and I gave them to Brother Brad. But whether we use them, whether we go that way or not, again, I don't know. You know, I could tickle your ears if that's what you came for. I could pet you, or I could root some things out. I could pull some things down. I could plant some things in you. It's just all a matter of what you want. 
Amen. We could have a good little Bible lesson or we could have signs and wonders and glory and rain and all of that. Well, that's just up to God. No, it's not up to God. You take some rain? Come on, I like rain. Early or latter? How about both? Brother Kelly's got the right answer. Free coffee for Brother Kelly. I've got Romans in here somewhere. Amen. And, uh, but uh, praise God. Uh, I, I didn't bring my books and my materials with me this time, but uh, they're all available on my website, chriscodyministries.org.com.net, whatever you want to put in there. And uh, promise me that you'll go check that out. There's a lot of great and wonderful resources out there that will really help you, uh, really, really bless you. And uh, if you want physical copies, if you'll email our ministry, I will send you the physical copy of the book for free shipping. Amen. And uh, so it wouldn't cost you anything. And, uh, but the e-readers are available on any place that you, you know, go to get your e-reader books. So bow your head with me. Father, we come before you today and we unite together in this moment. This is a God-ordained moment. I've been looking forward to it for many weeks. And I just so thank you, Father, for what you have for us today. God, for me, I echo what I've already asked you. That, God, that you'll cause me to minister with the ability that you give. That, God, you'll cause me to speak, as it were, the very oracles of God. That, God, you'll cause my tongue to be used as the pen of a ready writer. That, God, that you'll uh, cause me to stand in the offices of ministry to which I have been called. Not for my benefit, but for the people's benefit and for your glory. Father, I pray that the people here today would be skillful in their part by having an open mind and an attentive heart to agree, to say amen, and to latch hold of what you're offering today. Let the Word of God be glorified in every heart and every mind as they lay hold of what you're wanting to communicate and deposit in us today as they begin to live it and act on it and receive it and move in it then, Father, you'll be glorified and they'll be helped. This is what we want. This is what we believe. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Well, let's, let's launch out here. I've got several directions and things in my heart. Uh, praise God. But uh, uh, I want to talk to you today about the approved gospel. Or the gospel approved. Amen. You ever see, I know you have these political commercials, and then at the end of the commercial, the politician will come on and say, I am so-and-so, and I approved this message. Just to let you know that it wasn't some third-party, you know, made-up thing, uh, you know, that in my state, like Mitch McConnell or whoever, don't get, don't get offended or whatever, I'm not getting political with you. And he'll say, I, I approve this message. Amen? Well, we have been given the message. It's called the gospel. Amen. And, uh, but not, not every message called the gospel really is. And not every voice is an approved voice. We were talking about this yesterday. Pastor Dan and I uh, talk, recording his podcast. And one of the things the Lord has highlighted to me and dealt with me about recently is what Jesus and Paul prophesied about the last days. One of the things that would mark the last days is the rise and the popularity of false ministry, false ministers, and false teaching. The Bible says that in the last days some will depart from the faith. Why? They will give heed to seducing spirits 
and doctrines of demons or doctrines of devils. Where do you think the body of Christ would expose themselves to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons that would cause them to depart from the faith they once held? Where would they expose themselves to that kind of thing? At church. You know, you're not the only one that comes to church. Do you know, you know, I brought my angels with me today. I have several that work with me in life, work with me in the ministry. You do too. You just got to talk. That's a different message. Amen. But you know, the devil goes to church. You know, demons go to church. Amen. How would you know if you're being exposed to a seducing spirit of a do- or a doctrine of demons? Well, again, that's another message, but you better know your Bible. You better know it cover to cover. You better be a student of the Word. You better be a disciple indeed. Jesus said in John 8, If you continue in my Word. What is the biggest word in the Bible, Pastor Chris? I'll tell you, it's if. That is the biggest word in the Bible. Is the word if. If you will hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God. To obey and listen, observe diligently, to observe all His ways, obey all these commandments, then all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. You'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. You'll be the head and not the tail. You'll be above and not beneath. All of those wonderful scriptures. Blessed will be your basket and your store. We love all those scriptures. But what does it all hang on? If... And if the blessings of God aren't chasing you down, coming upon you, and overtaking you, guess what? You're living on the wrong side of the word if. Praise God. You know, when you and I become disinterested in obedience, then we've gone as high as we're going to go. We'll go no higher than our willingness to obey God and to give heed to His commandments. The degree of blessing you and I walk in is not a matter of God's sovereignty or divine choice. You and I have the same covenant. We have the same Jesus. We have the same name. We have the same Holy Ghost. We have the same Bible. We have the same access to the Father. We were bought with the same blood, purchased with the same price. Amen? And so how do we account for the differences we see in the body of Christ over time? It's not a reflection of God's choice or special favor on one over the other. Why is one chronically sick and broken down while the other seems to overcome everything and walk in divine health? It's not God raining blessing on one and neglecting another. It's light, it's knowledge, it's faith, it's hearkening, it's obedience, it's One believer versus the other is living more on the right side of if than the other believer. And you can have all the blessing you want. You can have all of the heaven on this earth you want or all the hell you want. Thank you, Carol. Thank you. Amen. See, you like me, don't like me. Praise God. You got me this morning. Hallelujah. Anyway. Well, I, I, I want to know the truth. I want to hold to the truth because Jesus said, only when I know the truth and embrace the truth will I be free. And I can't know the truth apart from knowing His Word because John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them by your truth. Thy Word is truth. You know, there is such a thing as absolute truth. 
Now, I know it's popular. Relativism is popular in the world today. I bet you've heard statements like this. Oh, that's great, honey. That's great. That's, that's your truth. That's true to you. But that's not my truth. That's a bunch of bunk. That's what a bu- my childhood pastor would call poppycosh. Or what would he say? Uh, pastor Nick, you know, he would say that's a bunch. I say a bunch of hooey. Is that appropriate to say it? Church of tomorrow, bunch of hooey. Poppycock. Well, well, I'm not going to say, yeah, whatever. Bunch of hooey. Your truth, my truth. I have actually heard it said that there is no such thing as absolute truth. And they say that as if it were absolutely true, thus proving beyond doubt that there is such a thing as absolute truth. Friends, there's a heaven to gain, there's a hell to shun, sure enough. God said in Deuteronomy, this day I have set before you both blessing and cursing. And he didn't say, just hang out a while and I'll I'll let you know what I decide for you. No, he said, today I've called heaven and earth to record against you this day that I have set before you, God says, blessing and what? Cursing, life and death. And then like a good teacher who loves you, gives you the answer before you have to take the test, choose life. Is life and blessing a choice? You tell me. Brad, tell me in the back. Life and blessing or death and cursing? And what does it swing on? If. If you. Not if God. If you. Stop praying if it be thy will at the beginning or end of every prayer. Jesus prayed that one time in one specific instance. And it was about specifically a cup of suffering that he would have, that he was facing. Amen. We're celebrating that this week, aren't we? Amen. That the cup was not removed. He didn't want to suffer. You wouldn't have either what he endured. And he said, Father, if we could do this another way. But if not, you know, not my will, but your will be done. And religion has picked that up and said, we need to apply that to every prayer. That's more bunk. That's more religious bunk. It sounds real good. It sounds real humble. But it'll keep you sick, keep you defeated, keep you out of the blessing of God. You can know God's will. You better know God's will in the big things of life. You better know what He wants you to do. You better know what He wants for you in the area of healing and victory and deliverance and prosperity. And I don't have time to preach all that to you. Amen? Trying to get to Romans chapter 1. Amen? Let's read verse 16. I love this verse. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. What did Paul say? He said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel either, are you? Romans 1, 16. Did you find it? Amen. I gave you 30 minutes to get there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Romans 1, 16. Amen. Praise God. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is... The what? The power of God. Unto soteria. Unto salvation. Not just unto being born again, but unto soteria. The Greek word soteria there means salvation, but it also means a rescue. 
You know, if you don't currently right now today need a rescue from God, hang on, you will. I said you will. You'll need a relationship rescue. You'll need a career rescue. You'll need a healing rescue. You'll need a financial rescue. Come on. Well, God has tied your rescue to a message called the gospel. Y'all are doing good. Amen. I think you decided you liked my hair or something. Praise God. Hallelujah. The word uh, soteria means health. Do you know it means soundness of mind? It means well-being. It means deliverance. I like the vines. The vine says about the Greek word soteria that the word soteria encompasses, listen to this, all the blessings bestowed by God on men in Christ by the Holy Ghost. Woo, Dr. Vines, he got that right. What is this Greek word? When you see the, Greek, the English word salvation in your New Testament, don't just think born again. Thank God that's paramount. You know, I'd served God all my life. I remember where he found me. He found me down in Norman at a frat party in a fraternity, drunk and suicidal, with a beer in one hand and a bottle of pills in the other. Everybody's dancing, kissing, having a good time, but I'm crouched up against the wall, having this debate within myself whether or not I should take my own life. Now, I don't think I would have because I didn't want to die, but I couldn't think, Carol, of a reason to live right then. And I, did you know that God goes to frat parties? I found out that night. I found out that night. My spiritual father, Dr. Ed Dufresne, found out that God went to bars. He received his call to preach in a bar. In fact, he said, bartender, give him a round on me. I'm going to be a priest. That's all he knew was Catholic. You know, I, I know some of you may not know. And I know God is doing a wonderful new thing right here. But this room, this physical room is special to me. It is special to me. I'll go back to the frat party in a minute. I stood up in a good church, a wonderful church. The church I grew up in, you know. And uh, I was up in the balcony of that church. And this was sometime after the frat party experience I'll go back to. And in that, even in the balcony, you know, that beautiful building, the ceiling's way above your head. But you know, as a good Methodist, you know, you, in church, you stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. And you, you do squats and throughout the service, you know, stand up and sing hymn number whatever and sit down, stand up and say the Apostles' Creed. It's wonderful. Amen. You know, amen. Y'all want to stand up? Anytime you want to stand up, sit down. Well, Pastor Nick, he, and, he asked us all to stand up and I stood up and I hit my head. I went like this. And the word of the Lord came to me. God is my, if I've ever heard God, I heard God then. And he said, son, if you want all I have for you, you're going to have to let me lead you on from here. Not that that place was bad. It's not that what I was hearing was wrong. It's what I wasn't hearing. And I came here. I think they had three or four services in this room. Standing room only. It is the first time I ever was in, uh, in a Dr. Ed Dufresne meeting. That prophet of God. Four years in a row he came here, I remember. 
And the same lady got in line for a, a terminal cancer case four years in a row. She was healed, doctor confirmed, by cancer through Dr. Dufresne's healing ministry year one, year two, year three. Now, Dr. Dufresne, he meets thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people every year. And I remember he got right over here, and here's this lady. She's got cancer the fourth time. And he's just going along, and he lays his hands on her, and he stops. And he says, lady, this is the fourth year you've been healed of cancer under my ministry. And you're healed now, but this will be the last time. You better get it on your own. You better do something with your faith. Woo! That's the prophet right there. Amen. I came here at the Lord's direction. And in this room, I heard about the authority of the believer. I heard what we're talking about. I heard just a fuller message, a fuller version of the God-approved message that we're all supposed to carry. It's in this room that I heard about healing. I, I heard, I, I knew God was that big all the time. I just needed somebody to tell me He was that big. I heard about prosperity. I heard about the life of faith. All of the great teachers, amen, and ministers of the Word of Faith movement at its height came through this building. And I sat here for two years like a deer in the headlights. Where has this message been all my life? But God came into that frat party. And I didn't see Him, but I heard Him. If I ever heard God, I heard Him then. And He said, Son, I'm not going to deliver you from all your trouble all at once for much of what you've been doing. You, knew's, you know it's been wrong. See, my daddy took me to church every other weekend when he had me. I just wasn't paying attention. I was interested in girls back then. I'm just being honest with you. But I tell you what, from my sophomore year of high school to my sophomore year of college, I had thoroughly destroyed my life and many others. Totally upended my mind. I'd become a hopeless, pitiful Worthless soul that really was convinced in that moment I had nothing to live for when everything was out in front of me. But I couldn't see it. You know when you're messed up? Yeah. You're messed up. Yeah. Aren't you? You ever been there? Don't act like I'm the only one that's ever been there. Maybe you've been serving Jesus from the womb and that would be the better testimony. He really would. But that wasn't my testimony. And he said, but son, I tell you what, if you'll take my hand... Now, I didn't see a hand, but I sure almost felt like I did. If you'll take my hand, I'll lead you on from here. That's what he said. And I'll lead you back to where you once were, which I understood meant normal. You know, I, had used, I used to be normal, but I wasn't normal back then. I was self-destructive. And then this is what captured my heart, Pastor Dan. Then he said, and then on into the things I have for you. And I had never had that thought. I don't know why I never had that thought. Or I had lost sight of that thought. That God could have something for me. And I reached out and I took that invisible hand. And I don't know how come I said these words. I wasn't smart enough to say it like I said it. But this is what I said to God. Up out of my spirit, out of my heart came these words. God, Father, I promise you from this day forward, 
no matter what I have to do, no matter where I have to go, no matter what it costs me, no matter who leaves me, I'm going to go all the way with you. And that has been the promise that has compelled and fueled my life from that day to this. And God was faithful to His Word. I left that frat party and I still had problems. I still drank, I still smoked, I still did penny beer, I still chased girls. But my daddy in 1987, I believe, he had given me a King James Bible. I had done nothing with it. But what I did leave that frat party, I, I may not be off my message, but I'm not off the Holy Ghost. Are y'all listening? I'm not ashamed of the God-approved gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Hallelujah. Praise God. What I left that frat party with was an insatiable, unquenchable thirst and hunger for the Word of God. And I'd drink all day, go to class, do what I did, but I'd stay up till 3 in the morning devouring my daddy's gift. The Bible he gave me. I still have it. It is tore to shreds. My wife said, you ought to restore this thing. I said, no way. I want, it. I want to pick it up and hold it in my hands just like it is. And I devoured the Word. I could not get enough of the Bible. And bit by bit, the, you know the Bible contains the message? And power went to work in my life. About six months after that experience, I met a young girl named Amber Terry. She was in my college chemistry class. We had chemistry from the beginning. You'll get that joke later. Hallelujah. Long story short, I married her. She, she introduced me to a minister in a ministry named Kenneth E. Hagan. And her pastor handed me that green book. If you don't have it, you need to get it. It's still green today. <laughs> Following God's plan for your life. And it was over, Brother Kelly, for me. Over Amen. at that point. And the dream I had of going into radiation therapy, see, I watched both my maternal and paternal grandfathers die torturous deaths at cancer, and I thought that'd be a good career to go fight that. So I was pursuing a degree in radiology at the time. But it was like God took a knife to the tire of that desire to go that way. Just die. That desire died in me. And the more I spent time with God, the more I changed. And the more this desire began to rise up in me to serve Him in the ministry. Have I had to do things I didn't think I would do to keep my promise to God? Yes, sir. Has, has going all the way with God separated me from people? Yes, it has. Have people left me over it? Absolutely. Do I regret it? Not one single minute. You don't... Here's what I'm trying to get to. You, what time do you quit around here? All right. Um, we, we won't keep you unduly. That's very gracious of you. You don't... Religion doesn't change... 
someone like me. Tickling the ears with a nice little Bible lesson isn't going to change the course of a life like mine. It took power to change my nature. I mean, I would, before God got a hold, I would vandalize your car for fun. I would. I wouldn't think anything of it. I, I mean, I, 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 you don't need to hear it all. But you don't change the way I changed with, you know, enticing someone with religion. It takes power. It took power to turn an alcohol, money-addicted man into this godly mentor, pastor, evangelist that you have before you today. It takes power. And how come not in, in every church in Oklahoma City, something's being spoken, some message is being delivered, but lives are not changing. Minds are not being renewed. Bonds are not being broken. Bodies are not being healed. Why? It's not the God-approved message. The God-approved gospel has to have power associated with it. And if, it's, if there's not a flow of power with the message, it's not the God-approved message. Now, I want to prove this to you. We're right here in Romans chapter 1. Notice he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto a rescue, a deliverance, your soundness of mind, your healing, your safety, your provision, your prosperity, and your salvation. Y'all could get a little happier in the back. Hallelujah. Amen. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It's just the book to the right. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. Notice what it says. For Christ sent me not to baptize. Paul said, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words. Now, we like words of wisdom. We don't want to hear foolishness. But words of wisdom alone is not the God-approved gospel. Let's keep reading. Lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. Amen. Verse 18, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are soteriod, right? Unto us who are saved, it is the power of God. Hallelujah. Turn to the next chapter, chapter 2. Verse 1, and I, brethren, same, same man, the great apostle Paul, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Now, lest you think Paul didn't know any more than Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Remember, he said, I am a Hebrew's Hebrew of the tribe of Benjamin, trained up in the best rabbi school under the, at the feet of Gamaliel. Uh, uh, theologians and historians say that Paul, this man, uh, was maybe the top three 
intellectual minds that have lived on planet earth since Jesus. So he's not talking about a lack of intelligence or smarts. But notice he said, I purposed when it came time to minister to you, the believers at Corinth, I didn't come with excellency of speech. I didn't come with the enticing words of man's wisdom. What did he come in then? In demonstration, mondongoson, dengue, stende, and that is what the Spirit of God is endeavoring to get the body of Christ over into. Yes, preaching, yes, teaching, but over saith the Spirit into healing and signs and wonders and demonstrations of the gifts of the Spirit as He wills. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. You know what that world needs out there? Power. You know what we found out from our medical community about COVID? It's dysfunctional. It falls short. They're doing the best they can. But one place you don't want to be today, at least in my city, is in the hospital. You know what the world needs? Power. Healing power. You know what we see? Do we see our trusted institutions coming through like they should? No. Doing the best they can, but they're corrupt. Suffering from 6,000 years under the curse of sin. What the world, you know what your finances need? Not another government check. All that leads to is inflation. I don't need to go that route with you either. But what do, you, you, what, do I, what do my finances need? Power. What sustained our congregation seven years hiding out in another church's building, having church on Saturday when no one thinks about going to church on Saturday? It took power. Amen. You know what it's going to take to fulfill your divine assignment, the call of God on your life? Not your own natural ability, sweetie. To fulfill the divine call, the God call, it's going to take His power, yeah. His ability. Yeah. You're going to have to lean into Him and on Him and learn how to have some power about you. Okay, I don't, now you may not like me anymore, but I'm telling you. He said, I did not, my speech and my preaching were not with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Why? He tells you the purpose in the next verse. So that your faith would not stand or be invested in the wisdom of men. I tell you what, any church service you go to, and you go, whoa, what a clever message. Whoa, what an articulate speaker. Whoa, what a charismatic personality. You, you know that message failed. Please don't leave here talking about me. I don't have any power to help you except the power that He has given me, that He's bestowed upon. And He has. You know, I have, through, through being faithful to God and, and staying rightly connected to my pastors and, and my spiritual parents, God has imparted endowments, distributions, and anointings in my life I never would have had. But I have healing endowments. Before I leave today, if you need healing, I'd love to lay hands on you for that. But don't come up here to find out what I can do. You're going to find out nothing. But come believing in a flow of His divine power, and you will receive, baby. You'll leave here changed. Amen. We had a, late, a young girl 
family in our church just a couple of years old. Uh, in our church, meaning, meaning they've been with us a couple of years. Pastor Nancy Dufresne was uh, in our church last year doing a week-long miracle crusade. You know, you can't have a miracle crusade without miracles. <laughs> well, this little girl, her name's Coventry, so precious. When she came to our church, she suffered from periodic, pretty regular seizures. Epileptic seizures. That would throw her on the floor. Her eyes would roll back. She'd foam. It's a very scary, traumatic thing for her and her family to deal with. She'd been on medication to manage that. We'd been standing believing God for her to be healed and to be delivered of that. Well, I look back, there was a disruption in the service late, late in the week in the Miracle Crusade. Pastor Nancy was ministering. I'm trying to pay attention to her. There's this big disruption behind me, and someone taps me on the shoulder. Pastor, come back here. Coventry needs help. She's having a seizure. Well, I went back there, and... Uh, Laid my hand on her. And uh, the Lord just, I just knew by the word of knowledge that this was not a, a seizure. This was the spirit tormenting her coming out of her. And that just, just hang on, this would be it forever. And that's what I told the parents by faith. It looked like every other seizure. Mama was crying. I said, listen. Remember in the Bible when Jesus would cast out a devil and it threw the boy down and tore him, tear him before he came out? I said, that's what's happening. Fear not. She got up, blinked her eyes. I'm okay, Mommy. And has not had another seizure since that day. The doctors put a hundred electrodes on her last week to do all kinds of tests. She's totally delivered. And it's being phased off for medication. You know what? A little Bible lesson didn't do that. The God-approved gospel that has power attached to it did that. That, that, a nota one notable miracle, and you won't be able to fill up, you won't be able to keep people away. One notable miracle. One notable miracle. Healing is the dinner bell of salvation. And Jesus loves to ring it. He loves to ring it. You all with me? Oh, praise God. Man, I could go a lot of places, but I can't go much further. I'm going to just go back to Acts chapter 1. Maybe this will be the last scripture. Now I want to minister a little bit. Is that all right? Yes. Hallelujah. I can't preach about all this power and then we not have any power. I told God, you better show up today. You have me preach this message. I can't just dismiss. Right? You know, I had, I had a lot in my notes and I'll give them to Pastor Dan. Maybe you can get a copy of them. But you know, even, you're in Acts chapter 1, park it there a minute. Do you know even Jesus, our Lord, when he was on the earth, needed power? He needed power apart from himself. Now that'll make a religious person upset. Don't write me, I know Jesus is the Son of God. I know Jesus is deity. But in Philippians chapter 1, don't go there, but you can read it later. It says that when he left glory, he was like Superman. You remember the first Superman? Yeah. And you remember he wanted to identify, he wanted to be a regular human. 
so that he could have a regular relationship with Lois Lane? Y'all do remember this, right? Okay. And remember what he did? He went into the crystal chamber. And it lit up. And he walked out. And he was Superman, same guy. But he laid aside his ability to fly. His supernatural strength. He laid it all aside. This is exactly what Jesus did in Philippians chapter 1. He was deity. He is the Son of God. Always was the Son of God. But in the earth, He did not minister out of His ability as deity. He came and ministered as a man. Yeah. You know, we don't have one hint, not one record that I can find in any Bible historical record that Jesus preached one sermon, performed one miracle, walked on one drop of water, Delivered one person, healed even a headache, until the Spirit of God came upon him at Jordan. You know, he's just as much a son of God at five as he was ten, yet he didn't do any miraculous works. Just as much when he was 25, he's just as much a son of God then as he was when he was 16, but he didn't do any miraculous works. But you remember when he came up out of the River Jordan, his cousin John had baptized him? What happened? The heavens opened. And the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit of God, descended upon him in the form of a dove and alighted or remained upon him. And he got up out of the water and went and turned water into wine. Began to preach the message of the kingdom of God. Heal the multitudes. Multiply the loaves and fishes. Come on. All of it he did by the power of God. Read Matthew 4. Read Matthew chapter 9. It describes Jesus' ministry. He went into all the cities, the villages, and the synagogues teaching, preaching, and that's all. Teaching and preaching. That's all you need, baby. No, that's not what he did. Teaching, preaching, and healing. All manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. You know what that is? Teaching, preaching, and power. The God-approved gospel is word and confirming power. And without, this is in the last days. If you read Paul's writings, he said one of the things that will mark the church in the last days is they want an ear-tickling message and they will deny power. They deny power. They deny the power of the gospel to change a person's soul, a person's life, heal their body. Not in this place, right? I hope I'm preaching to the choir. But the Bible says in the last days people will no longer endure sound doctrine. If you feel like you've been enduring me, good for you. But they won't endure sound teaching anymore. But they will heap to themselves teachers who will tickle their ears and tell them how wonderful they are in their homosexuality, in their, in their gender confusion, in their shacking up and all of their unholiness. Oh, we won't talk about that. We'll just put a box on the back wall. We won't talk about money. And my God, we're not going to ask anybody to serve in the nursery. That's the church growth model. That's what the modern church preaches. Smoke, magi- smoke machines and skinny jeans. That's the way to grow a church. Wear skinny jeans if you want to. I, that's not my thing. But I'm just... I want the real smoke. 
I want the smoke Solomon had. When he dedicated the temple, they said, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. The Lord is good and his mercy. And the Bible says that the glory of God filled the house like a smoke, like a pillar. And the priest could not even stand up to minister. Oh, glory. And the Bible says in the last days, God is going to fill his latter house with greater glory. So if you fill your house with fake smoke, how are you going to know when the real glory shows up? No, when you come to church, bring your hunger, bring your honor, bring your dignity, bring a holy life. Repent before the service, not after the service. I used to do that. I used to sin all week, then go to my, my, my daddy's church and get the invitation, feel convicted, and go down front, ask God to forgive me all my sins. God forgave me all my sins. I'd go back and sin all week and do it all over again the next week. God is my witness. I was walking back to my seat one day up the aisle, and the God goes, you know, son, there's one of these, you know, when you come down here and ask me to forgive you, I forgive you of everything you ask me to forgive you for, because I'm faithful. But he said, there's one sin you commit all the time that you have never asked me to forgive you for. I said, well, what is that? He said, the prostitution of my grace. Using my grace and my willingness to forgive you as a license to sin all week. And I went, oh, I went back to my seat, changed, changed again. Power. But in talking to you, I hope you've seen or you you know enough about your Bible to know that even Jesus required power. Where did he get that power from? From the Holy Spirit. And here in Acts chapter 1, oh, glory, and I'm almost done. Y'all all all right? Tell me you're all right. We can still go do the baguettes if you like. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 4, Acts 1, 4. Now he is commissioning them right before his ascension to the Father's right hand. Not just the twelve, but all who are believing and following upon him. Verse 4, it says, And being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them. Did he say, it'd be good? He commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. Do you know your Bible? Do you know the Gospel of John enough to know what he's talking about? What is the promise of the Father? The Holy Spirit. The coming of the Holy Spirit. What Jesus is saying, you all, the body of Christ, is to continue what I started in the earth, And I will be the boss conducting everything from a father's right hand. But you're going to need to do that. The very same power from the very same source I relied on. You will need to fulfill your mission successfully. If Jesus needed to be anointed. What makes you think you can be a victorious Christian in the body of Christ and not be anointed? Getting by with no power. Aren't you glad there's heat and air in this building? Lights. You know what I say? Power makes everything better. Don't you agree? Y'all ever had the power go out? Although, you know when the ladies come to church and the power's been out, their hair's all janked up, the makeup's messed up because they didn't have light? Power makes everything better. 
I try to treat my body well, I try to eat right, take good supplements, but that's not what I'm counting on. You know what enables me to live free from aches and pains and sickness and disease and COVID and all that crap? The power of God. First Peter 1, 5 says, we are kept by the, there's Sarge back there. That word kept in 1 Peter 1, 5 in the Greek means to be kept as with an MP military guard like a Navy SEAL at your door. Kept by the power of God through faith. You have to know about the power of God. You have to believe in the power of God. I get up every day and say, Father, I thank you that me, my wife, my three kids, my church, everyone who's sailing with me in life and ministry, we are kept by the power of God today in every area. Spiritually, mentally, financially, physically, socially, in every realm, we're kept by your power. And I don't fall off the lettuce truck, bump my head. I don't have a car accident every day. I don't spend half my month in the emergency room. Can't tell you the last time I had a sniffle. I'm not taking any of the credit. It's power. Power. I hope you leave knowing this. The power I'm talking about belongs to you. It's toward you. He commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. Verse 8. But you shall receive... Come on, say it. Say it in the Amplified. Amplified means louder. You shall receive... Power. After you get real religious. Power. After the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Sounds like God's plan is for the very same Holy Ghost to come upon us that came upon Him. I wonder what the result would be. The works that you see me do, you shall do also. Why? Because I go unto my Father. Why is that significant? Because if I go not away, the Holy Ghost won't come. But if I do go away, I'm going to pray to the Father, and He's going to send you the Holy Ghost. Y'all stand up with me. I'll never forget the day that I was filled with the Holy Ghost. I'll never forget the day that the Spirit of God came upon me. Now, I was saved in my teenage years. At a ba- I had a, ba- a friend in school. And he said, come to this Baptist youth camp with me down Turner Falls. Falls Creek. Y'all know it. And uh, I said, that sounds like a great way to spend a week chasing girls. And that's what I did. I had me two or three. And I missed every assembly. I, I, I stayed out of every assembly. I got away with it until the last one. And the last one I got caught, and that counselor set me way in the back, right by him. I'm not going anywhere. I don't remember what that preacher preached, but I remember the whole time I was wooed and convicted. I found myself walking to the front, and I gave my life to Jesus Christ. But I went back to a secular home. My mom's a good, she's a good person. She's in heaven now. A moral person, but not a Bible person. And so I went right back to my old, I was saved, but living like the devil. Got myself to that pathetic place. Met Amber. She introduced me to Kenneth E. Hagin's ministry. We went over to Tulsa one night to see the lights and go to a service. 
Pastor Hagen Jr. preached. Don't know what he preached, but at the end, he gave an invitation. Anyone wants to be healed? Anyone wants to be saved? Anyone wants to come back to God? Anyone that wants to be filled with the Holy Ghost? And my wife, brother, she's got an elbow ministry. She elbowed me. I don't have time to tell you all the stories about how she's elbowed me into the will of God. She, I said, I'm not going down there, 3,000 people. No way. She elbowed me into the will of God, Dad. And I went down and Pastor Hagen Jr. put his hand on my head. And the Holy Ghost came upon me. And you want to talk about a change? It shocked my family. It shocked my mother. Uh, it shocked all my friends. I was instantly different. The things I'd struggled, laying beer down, laying partying down, laying chasing, all of that, gone. Just laid it down. Why? I had power. I had power. I was saved, but I didn't have the kind of power that was available until that day. Jesus said, and you shall receive power. Not preachers. You, all of us. You need power for the gospel. It's the only God-approved message is one with power. Amen. It'll change your witnessing ministry. You're in the cup. Man, how come you miss work all week? I've been sick. I'm still feeling bad. Well, how about I pray for you? Jesus will heal you right now. Would you come to church with me if he heals you right now? Well, if he heals me right now, I guess I would. Bam! I mean, bam them. Put it on them. But you can't give them what you don't have. So here's what I want to do as we close. If you have never been, you're saved, you're born again, but you've never been filled, power has never, the Holy Ghost not coming upon you, how would I know if that's ever happened to me? You would talk in a strange tongue. Because when the Holy Ghost came on them, they weren't expecting that. They were expecting power. Jesus said, that's what you're going to get. But they spoke with tongues when they were filled. So you could expect that too. Amen. But what you're coming for is not tongues. That's great. You need to learn about that. But you're coming for power. Or you've never had that experience, or you did a long time ago, but you haven't plugged into the power outlet in a long, 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 long time, and you need a refresher. God used me like a, uh, like a booster, like a jumper cable. Amen. 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 If, if that's you, I want you to come to the front, and I want you to, to, to be over here on my right. God uses me along this line. I'll lay my hand on you, and you will be filled with the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Sarge. Anybody else? Maybe you just dry, and you need, you need a refresher, a fresh empowerment from God upon your life. Amen. Now, if you're over here... You'll be over here if you need healing for your body. Now, if you need healing for your body over here, gentlemen, you're going to get that too. But if you need power to heal your body, you have pain, you have symptoms, you have a condition, you've got sick organs, I don't care what it is. Amen. I, I just got a word from God that said life and death situations would begin to come before you. And God will produce dramatic healing results through your ministry. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. So, uh, amen. Healing over here. Baptism with the Holy Ghost over here. Amen. Now don't catch me in the lobby and say, Pastor, I'd like for you to pray for me. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you no. Because I'm under the anointing now. Amen. 
I might pray a nice pastoral prayer for you, but the anointing's on my life now. Amen. Guys, just, just, just extend your palm toward heaven. You don't have to raise them up super high, but I don't want you to think anything, men. You don't talk in tongues. You don't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit through thinking. Jesus is the baptizer with the Holy Ghost. And by your coming into this altar, He knows you've asked Him for the Holy Ghost. And Luke records that Jesus said that if you being evil, natural people know how to give good gifts unto your kids, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? I'm going to lay my hand, the palm of my right hand, on the top of your left shoulder. And when I do, power's going to come on you. Power's going to come on you. And up from the inside of your belly is going to rise up a flow of like a river. And when it gets up into your throat area, you're going to know down on the inside what these awkward, funny little words, it won't be English, what they would sound like if you spoke them. What I want you to do then, men, is put your lips on them. Voice that. He's not going to force you to talk in tongues. You do the speaking. But He gives the utterance. Do you understand what I'm saying? God, give me a nod if you understand what I'm saying. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So, Father, I thank you, and I ask you to fill my brother right now with the Holy Ghost and the power of God coming up. Yeah, speak it out, brother. Woo, glory, glory, glory. Be filled with the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the power of God coming upon him, reviving him, renewing him, refreshing him, giving him a fresh, fresh touch from heaven. I thank you, Father God, for what he carries from this place. An anointing he didn't have before. A power he didn't have before. In the name of Jesus. Woo! Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Speaking good. Amen. Stay there and enjoy that. Sarge, be filled in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the power of the Most High coming upon you. In Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Father. And I thank you that out of his belly flows rivers, rivers of living water. Glory to God. Now, Sarge, just open your mouth by faith and speak that utterance. That's right. Yeah, praise God. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Hey, glory, glory, glory. Hey, brother, you come back up here. Come back up here, brother. God's got something for you. Woo! Praise God. Praise God. Don't clap, okay? Amen. If you want to do anything, raise your hands and reverence God. Get, give me your hands. Give me your hands. Ooh, receive that in Jesus' name. Give me your hands. Receive that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Sarge, give me your hands. Receive that for healing. Healing in these hands. Whoa! Healing in these hands in the name of Jesus. All believers can and should lay hands on the sick. But now you've received something extra, these three. A healing anointing from me to you. Of course, I'm just the pipeline. God is imparting. Woo, healing virtue in Jesus' name. Now be bold with that. Be faithful with that. Lay hands upon the sick. Amen. And watch, watch what God does. What, you too. Lay hands on the sick. And watch what God does. Don't let that brother forget. He's supposed to lay hands on the sick. Amen. Amen. Now you're here for healing. Is that right? Amen. 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 You got her? In Jesus' name, you be healed. I curse every sickness, every pain, every weakness. I command it to go. In the name of Jesus. 
And I loose that healing power of Jesus into her body to go and do a wonderful work from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. I call her well in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for these two, that they receive a fresh anointing. A fresh anointing. In Jesus' name, be healed. There it is. Went right into you. <laughs> Glory to God. You know what the anointing does? Isaiah ten twenty seven says it removes burdens. It destroys yokes. So I, I thank you that the anointing removes every burden of sickness, every burden of disease, every yoke of bondage of pain. It goes from this precious one right now in the name of Jesus. Whoo! My, my, my. Hallelujah. And a fresh touch from God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Be healed, brother. In, whoo, man, there it is. Praise God. Praise God. What'd you come up here for? Specifically something? Yeah, several things. Okay. You just need a work over? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got joint issues. You got back issues. You got uh, what? Yeah, issues with tonsil. Uh huh. Stuff. Okay. Uh, and then stuff with like uh, sexual promiscuity. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, the whole if thing. I was uh -huh. teaching that. Uh, yeah. I, I remember talking about that. Yes, sir. If, and, and uh huh. It was heavy on grace. And yeah. Like, oh, you don't have those grace is wonderful, power. but <laughs> truth. I went to ten years uh, really related to the lifestyle that uh -huh. you did. Uh huh. So I'm back home. Yeah. Every bond, every demonic hold, I break its power in the name of Jesus. I command that hook in his soul to come out and be extracted by the power of God in the name of Jesus. I thank you that the anointing lays an axe to the root of every hindrance in the name of Jesus. I thank you for setting my brother free. Oh, it's so good to be free. And I command... These sinuses to be opened. These ears to have no pain. And I thank you for healing from the top of his head, Father, to the soles of his feet. In Jesus' name. Boy, you're going to be different from today. In Jesus' name. Dear one, you be healed. Be healed in the name of Jesus. And you foul spirit of fear, come out. Loose her. In Jesus' name. I thank you, Father. That love, divine love, casts out all anxiety, all fear in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, for healing virtue from the top of her head, flowing to the soles of her feet, rendering her healed, whole, and strong, and pain-free in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Dear one, be healed. In the, there it is. That wonderful power flowing right into you. Doing a work. A wonderful, wonderful work of healing. All pain. Go. All sickness and weakness go. In the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, you're so wonderful, Jesus. Such a faithful healer. I thank you for a fresh touch upon my sister. That she'll just skip along in a new energy and a new grace and a new power. That she and these are walking in a new freshness. Freshness. Nothing stale about you. Amen. Glory to God. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be free. Of any and all that would bind you, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, be well, be healed. Be well, be healed. Be well, be healed. And let her have a fresh touch of your glory and power. In the name of Jesus. Hi. What's that? 
Ah, yeah. Amen. Well, isn't it good? Isn't it good? You know what faith does? Faith says, thank you. Well, it won't. Not after, not after I get done. If you just Now, what I want you to do, all, this is so easy. When you leave here, I just want you to do one thing. All day, all night, all day, all night, whenever your mind is free, just praise Him and say, Thank you, Jesus. It's so good not to have many strokes anymore. It's so good to be free. It's so good to be healed. Don't fear it. Cast down any thought. But at all costs, honey, do not utter words related to fear or dread about what it might be. You're going to leave here. It's a new day for you. As sure as I've ever heard God, when you leave here, this moment, you're leaving free and healed and delivered. Fear lets the enemy back in. And you might feel fear. You might have, you will. Thoughts will come. But thoughts that are not spoken, they die unborn. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I lay my hands on this princess of yours. And in the name of Jesus, I bind you, Satan. And the foul spirit that would torment her, come out in the name of Jesus. Cease and desist in all your maneuvers against her health and against her body. In the name of Jesus. If these things were caused by a physical infirmity, I thank you for healing power, repairing and mending and restoring and driving that out of her in Jesus' name. And God, faith is so easy, like a little child. Like, like I would say to my daughter Ryan, Ryan, when we get to Springfield, I'm going to buy you a new ice cream. I'm going to buy you ice cream. Well, she wouldn't doubt that for a minute. She would just know. No, no. Well, uh, healing is the children's bread, sweetie. And so we just so thank you, Father. It's so good to be healed. So good not to suffer from these things anymore. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's so good not to walk around afraid or anxious about the next stroke. Because that's over. You put it to a complete and swift end on Palm Sunday. April 10th, 11.46 a.m. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. When you leave here, what are you going to do? What are you going to occupy yourself doing? Yeah. And if you say anything, say, thank you, Father. So good to be healed. You know, people don't, they wonder about me, Pastor Dan. They wonder about me. I might have snot running down. My voice is cracking. I look like I need to be in bed. And I'll walk around and go, it's so good to be healed. Amen. So wonderful to be well. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You bore my sickness. You carried my pains upon the cross. And I am healed. I'm not going to be. I am. See, we walk by faith, not by sight. Every single time, all those symptoms, they just, just boogie. They just boogie. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for the honor. Pastor Dan, thank you for the privilege. Love you all so much. Amen.
Praise the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for sealing your work that you've done here today and multiplying it 30, 60, and 100 fold return in each and every aspect and area of our lives. And in the name of Jesus, we declare it and we give you the thanksgiving for it. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Praise God. Please be, be seated for a couple of minutes here. We've got a couple of things to close out. Uh, we're going to receive our offering. And whether it be for the church, whether it be for Dr. Cody, you make that designation when you do the texting or the online giving or the envelope in the back. Praise God. You know, there's a verse in the Old Testament that I just love. It says, the liberal soul shall be made fat. That's what King Jimmy says. The liberal soul shall be made fat. And the fat in the King Jimmy is anointing, it talks about. It talks about the anointing, okay? If we're liberal, and I'm not talking about politics, God forbid. If we're liberal, or the new liberal theologies, if we're liberal with our financial abilities, then God said he'd make you fat, he would bring an anointing to you. It's another way to be able to release. Your tithe gives you certain promises and guarantees. He said he'll open up that window up there and give you a blessing that you could not contain. And it's not a certain amount of money. It's a certain amount of your heart, and it's 10%. That's what he wants there. Gifts and offerings can give you a chance to be liberal above and beyond the tithe. So please remember Dr. Cody, be generous, be liberal, and be liberal with your tithes and offerings for the church. Praise God. We do not live by what the budget is. Now we budget, but we don't live by it. We live by faith. And praise God, God wants to bring an increase to you this is an opportunity to do that. I want to remind you that we have areas to volunteer and catch Pastor Kelly or Brad and be able to uh, tell them what's on your heart, what you'd like to do. We need some greeters. A hosting and greeters, number three. One for the Father, two for the Son, three for the Holy Ghost. Run, devil, run. Okay, yeah. That's for the greeters. So we, we need that. And you don't have to greet every Sunday. You can agree, you know, one Sunday a month, two Sundays a month. We got five Sundays some months. Whatever you want to do, we'll try to, you know, work that out for you on the schedule, okay? Uh, Wednesday, 7 p.m., we are on Worldviews. We're doing two more Wednesday nights. Uh, this week and the following week. It's been really good. We've had a lot of things that we've been looking at the culture through the eyes of the Bible. Yeah. And we're learning how to better assimilate the things that are going on in the world to God's Word and then see what we can do with it as Christians. And if you haven't noticed lately, the world needs help. Uh, we're also going to be in the month of May... Our own Tim Brown is going to be sharing some things, and it's going to be on Kingdom Entrepreneurs. Kingdom Entrepreneurs. 
Okay, and don't have any presuppositions what you think that is. You'll need to come and find out because it's not exactly what you might think it'll be, but it'll sure help you grow spiritually. Praise God. He's going to tell you a little bit more about that next week, uh, so you're going to hear about that. Next week is, let's see, I'm sorry, what, what did you say? Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday. Sunday. Well, the Easter Bunny got hit by a car, got splattered out on the highway, so he won't be here. But Jesus said he would. Hallelujah. And there's even a little treat that one particular person has in mind, so anyway, we'll just take advantage of that. The message, this is going to be really good. Some people only come to church on Easter and Christmas, okay? This is your opportunity. Everybody expects an invitation to church on Easter. If they hadn't been to church in 100 years, they still expect somebody, if a, somebody around them is a real Christian, to say, why don't you come with me to church this Sunday? Because it's Easter Sunday. Okay? You don't have to tell them about the Easter bunny being splattered, just whatever they think. But the title of the message is, Is There Really Only One Way? There's a lot of confusion today in a lot of things in the world. One of them is, is Jesus the only way? And why is he the only way if he is the only way? And not just because John 14, 6 says he's the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through the Son. That's not enough to bring conviction to the hearts of people that are out there. They need real purpose and planning. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some other religions in the world, like Hinduism and especially Islam. So you want to be here to be that. We're going to throw a lot of things together in concentrated dose and let the water of the Word bring them out and make them grow. Amen? Praise God. I do believe I have covered everything, haven't I? Thank you, Brad, for that nod. Hallelujah. Will you please stand up with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this ex very enthusiastic group of people that are ready to share the Word of God and to share the power of God with all the people they come into contact with. We thank you for divine appointments to be able to touch the lives of people. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us truth objective truth, and we can share that in love to people. We want to hear a lot of other people with lives changed. Thank you, Father, that the days of church of tomorrow will be like the days when Jesus walked the earth with signs and wonders and, most importantly, changed lives. For the glory of God, have a great week. In Jesus' name, be blessed as you walk out the door. We've got some uh, cards, too. Make sure you take one of those several of those cards with you. We got a lot of these Easter invite, invite cards. Praise God.